Welcome to Becoming Your Best Version podcast. I am honored today to have with me an incredible person. She's an author. She has lived all over the world. She was in the Peace Corps, something that I hope still to do in my lifetime. She's done really interesting things from running an ice cream parlor in Puerto Rico to being a Peace Corps volunteer in Costa Rica, an ad director for Kitchen Bazaar, gourmet houseware stores. She's written her first book about uh, mini workouts and how to work fitness into your life, even if you're just starting or you think you're too busy. She lives in Yountville, California with her rescue dogs and her husband in an area they call rural light, which I love. That means to her that they have well and septic, but they're only eight minutes to a Whole Foods. So Louisa, as I said, has her first book out and is starting work on a second. So welcome, Louisa. Thank you. So Louisa, um, after a lifetime of being physically active in 2014, was sidelined with a broken neck after being hit by a drunk driver. For months, she could barely move. So when she was finally able to resume something approaching normal life, she had to get back in shape in teeny tiny bite-sized pieces. Thus, the concept of mini workouts was born. She soon realized that these were a fantastic addition to her weekly schedule, even when she could exercise normally again and has kept it up ever since. So Louisa, you were hit by a drunk driver. That's such a nightmare. What, tell us about the incident. What happened? Uh, yeah, well, um, I was on my way to the dog park in Napa and I had three dogs in the back seat of the car and it was three o'clock in the afternoon. And um, there was a woman who was it's a, on a two lane road and she was coming north as I was heading south and she passed out at the wheel drunk and hit the car in front of me and then swerved around and hit me head on. Oh my um, God. And I was actually already all completely off the road on the shoulder. So um, she really was completely out of control. So anyway, um, yeah, uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's do okay. The dogs did do okay. I mean, they were a bit shaken up, but uh, they were fine. Um, just one little scratch, that was it. So um, I was very happy I had, you know, I take precautions and put, keep a, kind of a, you know, a soft divider between the front seat and the back seat. And um, anyway, they were fine, fortunately. Um, so yeah, so I ended up with a broken neck and um, I didn't realize it was broken initially, but um, I was, uh, I ended up in a neck brace for <clears throat> three plus months and, um, and then it was a pretty long road to getting back to normal. Um, but yeah, so um, we're, we're pretty fanatical about not drinking and driving in our household, I can tell you. Yeah, well, as a woman in long-term recovery myself, that is a horrifying account to listen to because, but for the grace of God go I, when I was deep in my addiction, I drove drunk. And um, I have a lot of shame around that, but I'm working through that. 
And uh, many of my friends in the rooms of AA have similar feelings that, wow, I mean, we could have killed someone. The, a car is a weapon in those circumstances. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, um, you know, I, I hope that anyone listening to this will will have it penetrate into their mind, um, you know, how serious something like that can be. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to say, it's not just uh, people who drink to excess or who are alcoholic who uh, cause problems. I mean, I think there isn't a person alive who drives who hasn't at some point or another been distracted or done something stupid or um, anyway, it's just a lesson for all of us to take moving forward that um, getting from point A to point B, even if you're in a hurry, it's not worth taking someone else's life for it or Absolutely. ruining someone else's life. I mean, I was really lucky. I, I recovered. Yeah. Um, it took a long time and it was a lot of hard work, but I recovered. But uh, every now and then I'll see someone who was not as lucky as I was mm -hmm. and who is, you know, going to have to live now for 20, 30, 40 years in a wheelchair or uh, yeah. et cetera. So I take it very seriously. So you, you could have died. Yeah. And sure. how did that affect how you live your life now? Well, I, you know, I think that anybody who goes through any kind of experience like that, whether it's uh, being in a war zone or being just in the wrong place at the wrong time when some crazy person starts shooting things or, you know, attacking the school or whatever it, it is, um, you know, you really change forever. And you realize that if things had just gone a little bit differently, um, you wouldn't be here now. And when you've gone through something like that, and I mean, and I think this is something that people experience if they have a serious heart condition or um, a stroke or something like that, where you realize that you might have been in much worse shape um, if you hadn't had that little bit of luck on your side. And moving forward from something like that, you just change the way you think about every day. Mm -hmm. um, you really appreciate every day. Um, I know I certainly don't take uh, the time I have on this planet for granted. Um, yes. You, you get an awareness of uh, the fact that you do have, you do have, we all face mortality. We, most of us don't want to think about it and don't think about it very often, mm -hmm. but um, you do think about that. And so you start making decisions differently, more about what do I want to do with my life? What, uh, what, what is really meaningful to me? What is, what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So tell us about yeah, that. I was just um, say, we all talk about, you hear people say, oh, stop and smell the roses. Well, you really do have to. And that means paying attention to the small gifts of wonder in the world, whether it's the affection of a child or a dog or a beautiful day or uh, a good book, whatever it might be, just uh, stop and appreciate it. I agree wholeheartedly. And with regard to your legacy, is there anything that you changed in your life as a result of the accident? Yes. Um, well, I think uh, I got more serious about my writing. That was yeah. certainly, certainly true. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say that um, both my husband and I had started having conversations um, quite a long time ago about 
legacy and meaning and um, how we wanted to live our life. And, and that was a, um, a big part of deciding to go into the Peace Corps. Mm. Um, we had decided we really wanted to change the trajectory of our adult lives. And like so many people, we had just been, we were working, we, um, he owned a business, um, we had a house, we had a nice car, we went out a lot, we spent a lot of money on restaurants and things like that, that ultimately was not terribly satisfying. Not that I don't enjoy a good meal um, mm -hmm. or enjoy having someone else cook and clean up. Of course sure. I do. Um, but we really felt like we were just sort of spinning our wheels. And so um, when we made the decision to join the Peace Corps, uh, we really made a decision to throw out um, what we had been doing. And I always sort of thought of it as like jumping on a raft in a river. Uh, you don't know exactly where you're going. You have a pretty good idea that the raft is going to keep you afloat, but you don't know where you're going to end up or what you're going to end up doing. You just have confidence that wherever that may be, you're going to have the skills needed to deal with whatever comes your way. And that was certainly true with Peace Corps. I mean, we, I had, I don't, I don't know exactly what my expectations were for the experience, um, but whatever vague expectations I had, uh, the reality ended up being very different. And it was a wonderful experience. Um, wow, good for you, good for you. And you know, and that that leads into what your question was was about legacy, um, feeling that you want to make a difference in uh, your life and in the lives of the people that you come into contact with in a really positive way. Um, at least you hope so. That's the goal. Yep. Yep. Wow. Well, good for you. Um, and you mentioned your writing. So your first book is called Get a Move On, and uh, it's an excellent book. I highly recommend it. It's available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. You were a very athletic, active person before the accident, and then you devised a way to help other people who are sedentary or tire easily, and they want to have more energy. So um, what gave you the idea to put this in a book? Well, um, I had really formulated a, um, a pretty clear cut program for myself to mm -hmm. get my strength back. And um, as you mentioned, I mean, I'm hardly a professional athlete, but I've always been very active and I taught water aerobics for off and on for 20 years. And I always liked to hike. And so um, I always stayed in pretty good shape and, and I knew a lot about how the body works. And so when, um, you know, after being flat on my back for three months and then um, barely able to do much of anything for another three to six um, I realized that if I was going to get back into any kind of having a normal life and being able to do the things that I like to do, which is travel and hike and be with my friends and go out and um, et cetera, play with my dogs, um, that I was going to just have to get stronger. And so I devised this program for myself to just do uh, exercises that would work every part of my body. Um, and that I would do them every single day. And a lot of times I would do something for literally 30 seconds and then I would have to stop because I was tired. 
um, or I would do something for a minute. And then I gradually increased my time and the number of repetitions I did every day. Um, and, you know, eventually I got back to the point where I could start um, going for walks and, um, and exercising normally. And it was a real thrill the day I was finally able to go take a water aerobics class again. Um, but what made me decide to actually write it all down and put it in a way that made it accessible for other people was that as I was going through this process, I met other people who were in rehab or who were, um, you know, trying to get some kind of strength back after uh, a major illness or some kind of an accident. And a lot of the people that I encountered just had absolutely no idea what to do. I mean, they, I would talk to them about what I was doing and they would say, oh, that sounds great. Tell me more about it. And, oh, really? And, and then they would say things like, well, you know, if you do something for 30 seconds, I mean, what difference does that make? And so I would say to them, well, you know, that 30 seconds in and of itself isn't going to change your life. But that 30 seconds added to a minute, added to 45 seconds, added to another minute. And then you just keep doing that all day and all week. Those bits of exercise really add up over the course of um, a week. And, um, and I realized that a lot of people really just don't know much at all about exercise and or they've just gotten so, become so sedentary because of either their job or because they are addicted to being on the internet or um, whatever the reason may be. Or the pandemic. Um, I mean, I get the pandemic. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, everybody's staying home and it's, um, it's hard. Um, yeah. And it's really hard for people who live in small places and um, or someplace where the weather's not very good. Um, I mean, we're really lucky because, you know, in Northern California, um, I won't say the weather's perfect. I mean, we could sure use some rain. Um, however, um, the weather's pretty mild and we can be outside all, all year round. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so I'm very sympathetic to people who have just been stuck inside and, you know, you're home and you pass through the kitchen a hundred times a day and maybe, you know, 75 times you uh, avoid the, whatever it is that's calling your name, the cookie <laughs> or the donut or the something. But uh, there are a bunch of times when you just, well, just have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So a lot of people have gained weight um, and, or just the, you know, have an exercise because the gym is closed. Right. Um, and there are tons of things you can do at home, no matter how tiny your space is. Um, whether it's riding an exercise bike or whether it's just doing a standing routine or uh, working with some little hand weights, there are tons of little exercises you can do that you don't need a lot of space and you don't need any special equipment to just be pretty healthy. Yeah, and that leads me to what I think your next book is. It has to do with healthy eating. Can you tell yep. us a little, give us a little teaser about what you have in mind? Well, what I have in mind there is, um, I, I will say, I'll preface this by saying, I'm writing the book that I wish I had had in my hands when I was 19 or 20 and going out on my own and running a household and cooking and trying to put good, healthy meals on the table and not have it become um, an ordeal. Um, so the idea is, um, it's, it's sort of twofold. One is that it's uh, 
cooking for the adult novice cook. So there are plenty of books out there about um, beginners, you know, beginners cookbooks, but 99.9% of them are aimed towards children. And you have different tastes when you're a, an adult, obviously, than when you're a little kid. And um, so I'm not telling you how to put in a piece of American cheese between two pieces of bread and, and you know, grill it. Um, but I have basic recipes that are really delicious, that are really healthy, um, that scratch some particular itch of what you want to eat, but it's, it's finding foods that really um, address, you know, we, we all love, most of us love to eat. A lot of us like to cook. We like to enjoy good food with friends. Um, and we've gotten in the habit of thinking that if it's delicious, it's got cream and butter and uh, lots and lots of sugar. Uh, and too much salt. And, and that's just not true. So, uh, and the choices are um, every, every single week, practically, you see some new thing on the grocery store shelf that it just makes it easier now than ever. So it's combining the pleasures of the table and finding that happy medium so that you're healthy and uh, feel well and have energy, but still really can enjoy eating. Oh, I love that. I look forward to that book very much. And I know that you, dear listeners, cannot see Louisa, but this is a woman who has a couple decades on me, but she looks so young. She has really taken <laughs> care of herself. And Thank honestly, you. this woman looks 30 years younger than I know that she is. I'm oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I'm not kidding. <laughs> So um, how has it been to have your first book, your book baby on the market? Yeah, well, it's very exciting. Um, I was really thrilled when um, I, uh, when um, Emily Barras from Bold Story Press said she wanted to publish my book. I was really thrilled. Um, and that was, uh, it's been a very interesting experience learning about the publishing world and so forth. Sure. The challenge, of course, is that it's not possible to do in-person events at the moment. So, um, you know, when I had started the publishing process, I was in, imagining myself going to bookstores or uh, going to places like uh, retirement centers or senior centers or mm -hmm. Uh, meetings where people would be, uh, you know, orthopedists would be gathering and, you know, physical therapists and all that kind of thing. Well, of course, none of that is possible. Right. So, um, you know, I, I want to sell books because I really believe that this book can help a lot of people. Absolutely. And, um, I'm not trying to, you know, create a whole long career for myself as uh, just pumping out book after book. Um, yeah, so, uh, but I have to, I, the only way to really promote it right now is on social media. And I am uh, really a novice when it comes to social media. So I just mm -hmm. kind of put one foot in front of the other and every day I just, log on to Facebook or I try to figure out what's going on with Instagram and um, try to do something with a website and it just, you know, bit by bit. And um, so that's what the, ch that's the challenge is getting the word out. But um, the good news is, is that when people do finally read it, um, the response has been really um, very gratifying and all I hoped it would be. And 
Um, I hear people say things like, oh, you know, I exercise all the time. I never thought I would learn anything new from your book, but I did. Um, or people who said, you know, I've been sedentary for a long time and I just needed a kick in the pants to get moving. And this was really like having a little, you know, um, uh, instructor in my pocket um, or some such thing. So, um, you know, I know it's striking a chord with people and word of mouth is the best way to sell a book anyway. Um, it's just you know, it's it's challenging in this uh, environment, but the pandemic will end. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and um, we'll talk further about things that you can do to publicize your book during the pandemic. Um, but the the number one question that our listeners want to hear an answer to from the inspiring women on this program is what do you do to become your best version? Well, I think like a lot of people, I need to follow my own advice. Uh, I think most of us know what we need to do. Uh, we just need to organize our time so that we do the things that we know are good for us. And so I, um, to be my best, the best version of Louisa, I, need to take care of myself and I need to be present for my friends and family. Um, I need to not be lazy uh, about uh, either sending emails or talking to people on the phone or uh, running over to see someone. It's very easy to, to put things off. Um, and so I think my best self is when I I show up for me and I show up for the people who I care about. Great answer, great answer. And you are living true to your word, I will tell you. So listeners, get a move on, mini workouts anytime, anywhere, available anywhere books are sold. And check out her website, which is in the show notes, mini-workouts.com for additional tips and motivation for getting a move on. Thank you, Louisa. Thank you so much, Maria.